Hello, and welcome to another fantastic and fabulous episode of Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivate individuals press on towards the mark of self-actualization using a combination of old school wisdom and new read tactics to achieve this end. My name is Sim, and today we're going to be talking about universal laws. Well, hello again. So good to be back on the mic and laying down some heat. Always fun to be putting these out. Now, if you're a subscriber, you may have asked, Sim, where the hell have you been? And in fact, I did have a few brothers reach out and email me because I haven't been putting out any audio episodes or writing on the site. Well, as you may or may not know, I do have this thing called a life even though it's been curtailed by the pandemic we're currently in. (laughs) But all jokes aside, I do do other things. Um, Unstoppable Rise is not my main thing. It's more of a project for me, a creative outlet, Uh, even though I do make money from it. Um, But I work in marketing consulting as my main career, in addition to having other sources of revenue. But I thoroughly enjoy enjoy my main line of work, and I don't see myself quitting it anytime soon. So now you know if you didn't know. But anyway, enough about me. On to the main topic. So there's many ways to open a discussion about universal laws, but I'll take this angle. When we think about this thing called life. On the surface, it's pretty much a giant web of abstraction for the most part. When you think about humanity, pretty much everything is made up for the most part. It's a construct, a construct of civilization. And in this construct of civilization, there's so many things going on at one time that you can easily get caught up and just focus on getting through the day, making that your only and sole focus. Especially in the modern world, you know, there's always something new happening. It's always this new thing after new thing after new thing. And it's very easy to lose concentration and clarity because you're overwhelmed and overloaded. As a result, you fail to connect the pieces to create a good mental model for how to live your life. And you really start to see the effects of this when you start extending yourself out into the world and start doing stuff. You know, you start running into success after success or more likely failure after failure, and then you start to question, why is this happening? Now, I can only speak for myself because that's how it was for me. I inadvertently hit success or encountered failure, and I didn't know how to replicate that success or even avoid that failure. So the latter kept happening, and the former was just out of reach. And when you start doing a variety of things in a variety of areas and the same things keep happening, you start to realize, like I did, that you're encountering something universal. And this type of stuff usually happens as a young adult. When you start encountering life on your own, independently of what your parents, quote unquote, told you how life was supposed to be. And this thing is very experiential. Understanding these principles is a very experiential process. 
So when we talk about something like principles, it's something that's a first order cause, something that all other things originate from. And you can think of a principle as something like gravity. It affects everyone at all times. It's omnipresent or something like eating or sleeping or breathing. If you don't sleep, eat or breathe, you'll just die. That's an example of a physical principle, a physical law. And going back to this abstraction called life, we don't really know what these laws or principles exactly are, but it's just that we've been able to adjust ourselves to them and create a mental model of, yeah, this is more or less how life is supposed to work. And these laws I'm going to be talking about are mental laws. And I'm not very old. I'm only 28. Well, that's probably old to some of you. Um, but I've lived long enough, lived enough life to see the perennial nature of these laws. And there's many of them that originate from these principles, but I'm only going to be talking about five. And I think these are enough to get things going in your head and start asking yourself, how can I best live to adjust myself to these laws? So let's get started with these. The first universal law, the law of cause and effect. So this law is very basic. It's as close to a principle as you're going to get. It's pretty much known as the iron law of the universe. Without this law, there would be straight up chaos. In fact, there would be no universe because there would be no order. This is just an organizing law. Simply put, I do something, something else happens because of that thing I originally did. And Why do we know this is true? Well, because in the absence of not doing that primary thing, the other thing would not occur. Therefore, we can deduce that A caused B. And you see this in everything, pretty much. In the Bible, it's known as the law of sowing and reaping. In Indian philosophy, it's known as quote-unquote karma. The Gita talks about this. And in science, it's known as causality. So causes create effects which those effects then become causes to other effects. And this means that the entire world, our entire universe, is a giant chain of cause and effect stretching back to the beginning of the universe. Pretty crazy. Now there's three corollaries, or what I'd call pillars to this. The first one is the effects of this law or cause and effect are often disproportionate to the initial cause or causes, meaning that, you know, you'll often get more than what you put in, no matter what it is. The second one is the ultimate effects are ultimately unknown. You can make educated guesses about the effects, but you don't really know what they'll be. And third, you can't choose the effects, only the causes, as in you can only decide what goes in, not what comes out. So what are some examples of this in action? So if I invest a hundred or a thousand dollars in something, at the end of a certain period of time, I don't get a thousand dollars. If everything went right, I usually get more, sometimes much more. If I plant tomato seed in the ground and take care of it, I usually get a whole bunch of tomatoes. And in fact, every one of us, every single one of us is here because of cause and effects in the family line. Man meets a woman. They're both attracted to each other. 
they start a family, they have kids, those kids themselves grow and have kids. This continues on and on for infinity. So with cause and effect, sometimes you'll be able to trace the causes to certain effects, but not always, especially if the causes were very long ago. So for example, you don't know that 10 or 20 generations from now, your 20th great-grandchild will be the president of the United States or the founder of the next Amazon or something crazy like that. And you just don't know. You just create the cause and the effect happens. Those brave men who fought in something like World War II, they didn't know the end result of their actions. All they knew was right in front of them, and that was defeating the Axis powers. So something like this gives new meaning to planting acorns, planting acorn trees or oak trees under which you'll never sit. So this law is very humbling, very, very, very humbling. You're pretty much like a domino in a long line of dominoes, a servant bowing down to the almighty law. So that's the first law, cause and effect. If you understand this one, you can easily grasp the other ones. The second law is what I'd call the law of disproportion, or some call it, or some know it as, the Pareto Principle. Most of you are probably familiar with this one, especially if you went to business school or college or some sort of form of higher learning. Simply stated, some of the things in any given area produce most of the effects. In a company, some of the people make most of the money. In a gym, some of the people come most of the time. On a sports team, some of the athletes score most of the points. In a school, some of the students get most of the high grades. And in every any given day, some of the things you do are responsible for most of the results you get from that day. How much? Well, it depends. In traditional Pareto speak, it's usually 80-20. 80% output from 20% input. Sometimes it may be lower, sometimes it may be higher, and in some places it may be as dramatic as 90-10 or even 95-5, which is crazy. Now, in America, here, we're in an election year, and every time there's an election coming up, you always hear about people saying they want to redistribute wealth and things along those lines. That sounds good on paper, but politics notwithstanding. This law of disproportion is why that wouldn't really work. We're all equal in terms of human rights. That's our God-given dignity as human beings. But we are inherently unequal because we're all different. We all have different talents, different knacks. Some people are shorter than others. Some people are less inclined to do things. And it's stupid to expect everyone who plays college football to go on to the NFL because some people are just better at that. So life has been unfair for a while and will continue to be unfair for quite some time, even though we have advanced tremendously as a society. So how can you take advantage of this law of disproportion if things are inherently unfair? Well, if you're listening to this, I'm willing to bet that your life isn't that bad, comparatively speaking, and that you have it a lot better than a lot of other people in the world. I'm also willing to bet that there is an advantage or unique collection of advantages that you have that you can leverage to increase your life overall. Your job is to find out what they are and exploit them as much as you can. 
Then make a decision to get in the top 20% of whatever it is you're doing. Whether it be a hobby, your career, whatever, whatever passion you have, make it a point you do to climb that ladder of disproportion, become really, really good so you can get really, really good rewards. That's how the law works. That's the second law, law of disproportion or Pareto's law. Moving right along, third one, law of resonance. Now, if you're into any sort of personal development, you may have heard of the quote-unquote law of attraction or maybe even the law of vibration, but this law pretty much encompasses them both. The law of resonance simply states that things in your life are there because you resonate with them on a mental level. Now, at this point, you may say, well, I have things in my life that I don't want, so I don't see how this is true. So I'm not saying this is on a conscious level. This is not a conscious belief. On the contrary, these things are probably just automatic scripts that you run at a deeper level. We all have them. We all have self-limiting ideals, self-limiting beliefs, and we all have scripts that we've been programmed with that we may not even want there. So imagine this. Your waking, alert, discerning mind is your conscious mind. That's probably about 5 to maybe 10% of your entire mental landscape. The rest is completely subconscious, meaning that it is not accessible to you at most times. The other times, the only times it's really accessible to you is when you're waking up for coming right out of sleep, going into sleep when you're about to go to sleep, and pretty much when you're doing something on autopilot, like driving. Um, so your subconscious is the storehouse of your beliefs, biases, habits, mental programming, and all sorts of things that direct your life from the background. Now, this is where I think it really gets really good. So Tesla, yes, that Tesla, said, if you want to understand the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So you ask yourself, what is matter? Well, matter is energy vibrating at a certain frequency. As humans, we only see a small portion of reality, which is mind-blowing to think about. Radio rays are invisible to us. X-rays are invisible to us because they're vibrating outside of our range of sight. And something like thought is invisible to us. Thought is pretty much energy vibrating at a very high frequency. Therefore, my thoughts, my mental vibrations, put me in harmony or disharmony with other things in my environment. What do you say when someone says something that you really feel in the depths of your soul? Like Like you're like, I really felt that. You say... That resonates. When you and a woman get into a relationship, you say that you're attracted to each other. Why? There was some part of you, both in you, that resonated with the other person. If I go to an interview and I like the company and there's rapport between myself and the person hiring me, it feels like a right fit. I'm likely to get the job because it resonates. Why are you friends with your friends? It's pretty much because you resonate with them. Birds of a feather flock together. Things fall apart when resonance breaks down. This is why people quit jobs, divorces happen, friends drift apart, so many different things. Lack of resonance. So knowing this, how do you align yourself with this one? Well, it all comes down to attitude. You want good things in your life, have a good attitude. 
even if quote-unquote bad things happen to you, you are more likely to turn them into good via your attitude about them. Now, this may sound strange because many of us have been taught that it's good to succeed from the outside in. If something happens on the outside, I'll feel, I'll feel good. And that can work. You can definitely affect outside change and feel like a shitty person inside. But true lasting success really comes from the inside out. How, how you are and who you are as a person ripples into everything you do, which will come to define you. That's why I said in the article on behavior change I wrote a bit ago, you can't change others, you can only change yourself. That's why Gandhi said, if you change yourself, you change the world. So that's the law number three, resonance. Law number four is what I'd call the law of networking. And this law will be a slight continuation of the last one. And if you think about it, it's pretty true. So I want you to think of the world planet earth as a giant system a giant super system containing many subsystems you have regions you have countries you have cities you have towns families etc etc each of those families that small unit are made out of individual people you are in some type of family system inherently you belong to some family which means by default you're connected to other people The other people in the family are also connected to other people. Your dad or your mom is connected to their dad or their mom, their boss, their co-workers, their friends, etc., etc. Then think about all the people that you know. Friends, acquaintances, co-workers, and so on. Then think of all the people that you met through other people. You may have met your significant other through friends. You may have had a mentor refer you to a client. You may have had friends you met through schooling and classes and so on and so on. So how does this relate to the last point? So this may sound mundane, but think about the power that has. Let's say I want to follow along that line of resonance from law three. I decide to change my behavior. I change my surroundings. I stop eating bad food, stop using substances, I stop wasting time. I decide to improve myself, change my diet, Maybe go to the gym, maybe start reading books, maybe start meditating, maybe decide to improve my fashion, etc., etc. So over time, this produces tangible results. Then people ask, whoa, what happened? I tell them what I did. That person then gets inspired to create positive change in their life. That person then inspires two more people to create positive change for their own actions This ripple effect continues on and on and on and on and on for an unspecified period of time. Then it goes viral. A million, 10 million, a billion, then a paradigm shift. All because of one person. So that's one small example of how this could work. But realize that you're a node in a network and that you affect other people. And I I, I get it, right? I get it. When you're young, you tend to be a bit self-centered and you want what you want because you want it with little consideration of others, sure. But as you get older and you start to become part of a team at work or you take care of other people or you're in different hobbies or different activities, you start to see how your own actions create larger shifts and it's really, really eye-opening. That's why the only person to really change is yourself because you can't change someone unless they really want to change. And if they do, it's because of a decision they made, often because they saw that it was possible. So the end point, 
Simply put, we're all connected. Life is a network of differing relationships between people and even things. And this has a lot of other implications that go much deeper, but I'll stop here because this isn't meant to get too deep. So that's the fourth one, law of networking. So the fifth and final one that I think is a good one to wrap up with is the law of impermanence. Simply put, the only constant is change. I'm sure you've heard that before. And I mean, it's true. The only thing guaranteed in life is that things will change eventually. So life is like a river constantly going downstream. It always flows. It never stops. I mean, I don't have to prove it to you, do I? (laughs) Back in January, the beginning of this year, everyone was expecting 2020 to just be a quote-unquote normal year. But then two months later, you know, the pandemic went worldwide and completely changed everything. It changed our perception on work, on travel, on government, so many things. And of course, with a global event like this, it's impossible for things to quote unquote get back to normal because what is considered normal has changed. And what is considered normal will change for the most part. I can even think back to what, like 10 years ago when I was 18, 19, and how different everything was. There was no... There's no Snapchat. There was no Instagram. Information was a lot more difficult to get your hands on. And things were just different. It was a lot more do-it-yourself in terms of trying to piece information together. And it was just a time that had a different vibe. I'd, I'd say there was a lot more innocence, maybe. But I'm probably covering that with my own adolescent perspective. But anyway, the rate of change is accelerating. And 100 years ago, in 1920, a man could go to college and come out knowing everything he needed to know to be successful in his career. Now, in the present day, you know, that just won't cut it because everything's changing so damn fast. If you went to a college a year, two years ago, the things you learned are quickly becoming obsolete. In five years, they'll be ancient. In 10 years, they might just be no good. So that's why people can flow with change and adapt, reach, reap the benefits in life. And this is why big systems like the government, higher education, or major corporations find it so hard to grapple with change because their size makes them so slow moving. That's why there's a popular concept and a popular term called the lean startup, a startup made of small units of people who can leverage technology to do the things that... 100 people used to struggle with. Now it only takes like 10 or maybe even five, maybe even one. So that concept takes advantage of this continuous nature of change. And by the time those other entities like the higher education, government and so on need to change, they're like eight steps behind um, because change is happening so fast. And that's why this pandemic was so painful on a worldwide scale, because it shifted things so fast. It's like an oak tree getting completely uprooted during a storm. Very, very jarring. But you, as an individual, you can change, and you are changing. You aren't the same person you were a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. You're a dynamic being, and leaning into that will make things so much easier and make you so much better. So law of impermanence is the fifth law. 
And there you have it, guys. Five Universal Laws of Nature. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you want more information like this, check out www.unstoppablerise.com where I post articles on the cross-section of self-development, psychology, and productivity all in the attempt to help you live a more self-actualized existence. So the next time, take care, and of course, stay principled. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and listening in. I truly appreciate your support and your attention. It means a lot. If you like this content, go ahead and like the content. Go ahead and share the content with at least two other people you think would benefit. It doesn't hurt to spread the good stuff around, right? And if you're listening in on iTunes, go ahead and rate the show with a honest rating. This will definitely help the show grow. And I truly appreciate your feedback. So until next time, stay good. Take care of yourself. Take care of other people. And peace. Peace.